Hello, this is the Palmetto Report. I'm your host, Leger Reed. Today, I'm with Dr. Lauren McCoy, Assistant Professor of Sport Management and Program Director for Sport and Fitness Administration at Winthrop University. Dr. McCoy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. As a sport lawyer, examining cases through Title IX and Title VII, if anyone has any inkling of a perspective on the evolution of women in sports, it's Dr. McCoy. Our show will focus on women and girls in sports and its visible evolution in the road left to travel. Before we get into our discussion, can you give us a general overview of the status of women and girls in sport? Uh, I would say that the general status when it comes to women and girls in sport is we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that is pending. We, we see a lot of celebration of women's sport, particularly if you're talking about the U.S. women's soccer team. You know, they have won four World Cups, you know, versus the men who have won zero at this point. So we see a lot of celebration for them. And actually, from my particular perspective as a sports attorney, uh, their case right now is actually pending before the uh, the in the U.S. court system uh, because they're trying to argue that they should be paid more because the lack of what they're being paid right now is gender discrimination under Title VII, you know, because they're not getting paid what the men are in that same situation. So with that, we want to kind of jump into maybe a little bit of your background or of, of your orientation into the arena of sports. Uh, I have been a licensed attorney since 2009. Uh, I have also just been an academic researcher pretty much since that entire period. I have worked at three universities. Uh, I came here from Western Kentucky University and I started at Winthrop in August of this year, 2019. What are some of the gender stereotypes women face and what are some of the actions being taken to address what women need to be accepted and respected? Well, stereotypes and those issues are really kind of the issues that we have in our society. And it's just kind of the general stuff about what we assume women are supposed to do in their specific role. Uh, for example, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, the Oregon women's basketball player who is an incredible athlete, she just you know reached a landmark status that no athlete has ever reached in college basketball ever. And as a result of that, if you go look on the Instagram post congratulating her, her from ESPN or Sports Center. I can't believe either. I can't remember which one. The top comments are things like go back to the kitchen and, you know, who cares about women's sports? So we're still combating a lot of that, even though that's no, just people who aren't necessarily associated with it could just be your typical internet trolls because the athletes themselves get plenty of respect not only from you know their peers male and female but you know in terms of like the business aspect at large so our biggest issue isn't necessarily in the sport world it's how other people are reacting to it from the outside so it's kind of ironic that you brought up Sabrina Ionescu because some of my next questions kind of focus on the basketball world. So the WNBPA reached a new collective bargaining agreement earlier this year that included changes like childcare and maternity benefits, higher salaries, and better travel agreements. How important is that or those features, you think, to combating the stereotypes? 
Well, I think what that does more is help them out from the business perspective. And if they're, what it really says is not necessarily about how we're addressing stereotypes, but now that women's sport are being taken seriously because they have a greater bargaining power to be able to ask for more things. You know, the money has always been essentially there in one form or another. And now you have owners who are more willing to give up their share of the pie to be able to split it with those players. And typically speaking, the reason why they're willing to do that is because more money is coming in. So that means that there is more viability when it comes to women's sports. We're seeing a lot more people focusing on it than we have just in, say, the past like five years. I don't know how closely you follow the WNBA, but this free agency period has certainly seen a lot of shifting. A lot of the franchise players have chosen to extend their careers with other teams. For example, Simone Augustus has played 14 seasons with the Lynx and now she's going to play with the Lynx's biggest rival, the LA Sparks. So what does this say about the progression of women in sports as far as maybe taking charge of their own destinies? I think what it says is that women's sports are just sports because the same thing has happened for years and years when we're talking about NBA players. You know, we saw Shaq transition from different teams. We see LeBron, you know, be a franchise player and leave. So essentially what it says is that now there's this viability in that marketplace where you can get the money that you need from other teams. You don't simply have to stay in one place out of loyalty. If you so choose to do so, you can, but it means that that essentially this free agency period is showing that this is a traditional, typical sport business, just like any of the other ones. You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Lejay Reed, and we're joined by Dr. Lauren McCoy discussing the status of women in sport. So I don't know maybe if you maybe focus on this in your research, but I know that one pitfall that is still present amongst all of the recent advancements is that the number of young girls in sports is dropping nearly two times faster than that of young boys, according to Gatorade studies. It's been proven that girls are more encouraged as competitors when coached by women. How important do you think this dynamic is? Um, That's not something that's normally a big part of my research, but I have seen issues or I can talk at least a little bit on that. I would say that it is somewhat important, but I think what it is is just the matter of coaching in general. Uh, you know, we saw with the passing of Kobe Bryant a lot of the focus on the hashtag girl dad, and you know, unfortunately, he passed on his way to coach his daughter's basketball game. And you know, there were plenty of great things that people had to say about Gigi Bryant as a basketball player. So you know, she was coached primarily through with her dad, and obviously, Kobe Bryant is going to be a great basketball coach or was going to be so you have that ability in that instance so I, I don't think we necessarily have to make it a gender specific issue it's just a matter of making sure that if we do have those male coaches that they know how to interact with those student athletes and that's just a problem in general because you're going to see issues happen male or female if you have a coach who doesn't necessarily meet those needs and encourage that kind of progress I think if anything what we need to do more to encourage our girls is to do more to celebrate those sports because if they're not getting that attention they don't get that focus then that's what's going to make it so that people aren't as interested in it or they start to pursue other things so you know we we have plenty of male athletes who are still chasing the dream of the nba 
away because they want that potential salary. So they'll go to Europe and all those different options. We have similar options for women athletes where they might be actually better than what it is at the WNBA currently. But it's all about making sure that we allow people to be able to still chase the dream. And part of that is making it so that the dream is viable for whoever we're talking about. We've talked a lot about basketball, but you mentioned uh, the U.S. women's national team earlier. I heard classmates talking about um, the women's surfing league and how they've made recent gains in their league. So what do you think are some uh, some important cross sections for each professional women's league or even professional leagues in general to reach to kind of continue to promote diversity, inclusion, advancement, all those things? I would say look to the front offices and the coaching staffs. We can say everything we want about the players and the various individuals involved, but if we want to be truly diverse with these things, we have to look to see who's in charge. And we have issues with that, say, in the NFL where there's a lack of minority coaches. You know, so that's going to be a problem or it can be an issue. The NFL is starting to, we have at least, I believe, three female coaches on staff now at three different teams. So that's, you know, there is progress that's being made. And I'd say that's really where things start to normalize. Because if you have more women involved in the business aspect, then that's going to be a, a beneficial aspect. And something that's good to look at for this, uh, Dr. Lapchik out of the University of Florida has this uh, center called, uh, I can't remember the specific name of of it, but the acronym of it is TIDES. And what they do every year is offer basically a report card for minority and gender progress in sport. So how are college sports doing? How is the NBA, the NFL doing? So that's a good way to kind of track to see what are we doing in terms of administration, coaching, you know, different from the player side, because players will come and go. But if we start seeing more diversity when it comes to that administrative aspect, that's when things might be better able to change because now you have people who can actually recognize and see the need for change with the players. With everything that we've talked about, is there anything more specific to your research area that um, you feel that is very integral in continuing to expand women in sports? Uh, no, I would say that my research is pretty uh, gender neutral, especially considering the focus on is trying to improve safety. Uh, I also look at issues associated with different contracts or just looking at athletes' rights in general. So because my focus is just more on athletes' rights and avoiding discrimination or problems for those athletes, I'm just looking at making sure that we can make things as safe as possible for all of our athletes, you know, uh, because essentially sport is a business as a whole. So we have to kind of recognize the business aspects of it. And part of that business now that we have to recognize is that there is a bigger push to bring in more women, especially whether we're talking, focusing more on our women's leagues, or if we're talking about bringing women in to coaching or administrative positions. So we have to kind of follow where our society is going. And if we want to make that change, we just have to be a little bit louder about it and work harder to make it happen. Just one more question. Since your time here at Winthrop, what are some of the advancements that you've seen um, in your programs that you direct or on the campus in general? What have been some great strides that you've seen this university make as far as sports or athletics go? 
Well, I haven't seen much because I've only been here for three months or three or four months at this point. But I will say that Winthrop is definitely committed to diversity and addressing different needs for various people. We're trying to do what we can to make sure that everyone can succeed. You know, and if anyone is interested in certain things, you know, we especially here in Pesh try to make sure that we're helping students get and achieve what they want to be successful. You know, male or female, we can find a way and there is a way. So it's really all about kind of that supportive attitude here at Winthrop to make sure that we're not going to let these barriers be essentially brick walls. We can find ways to, you know, create either create a door or knock down the wall. We would like to thank Dr. Lauren McCoy for joining us today on the Palmetto Report. This has been LeJay Reed.